one knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everybody. Big Dave Lemon in the studio here in South Florida and bring you the show tonight. Joe is going to join me in just a second by phone, uh, unable to be in the studio tonight. Uh, We talked a little bit about it last week. We did have guests throughout the show. Hope you enjoyed that. We had a great time uh, with our guests last week from the Casino Massage Services and uh, had some fun with them. But uh, Joe uh, is... uh, Getting underway with a new job, back in the poker business again, and a few meetings and stuff set up uh, ahead of his new job. We'll see if he can divulge any new uh, information about his uh, new position. Uh, we'll bring him on in just a second, but just let me uh, fill everybody in on what the show's about tonight. Uh, we do have uh, a couple of interviews I want to play that I did last week up at in Coconut Creek at the Seminole Hard Rock. Uh, I guess it's not actually called Seminole Hard Rock. It's just called Seminole Coconut C- Casino. And they had the World Series of Poker Circuit event. And we'll give you the results of that after our first interview, which is with Jason Young. And uh, Jason just won at the Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood, the Lucky Hearts Poker Open main event, uh, after really being out of the winner's circle for several, several years, maybe close to a decade. And uh, I talked to him a little bit about why he disappeared from the uh, money lists and that sort of thing for a long time. But he's back playing on a regular basis, got back into the game and and won the tournament in January in uh, Hollywood, and then came back and was leading the chip leader going into the final 15 players on the last day up at Coconut Creek. Uh, Spoiler alert, he did not win. He finished third, which is uh, great. But I'll run down all the results after that. But a very interesting interview with him. And then I also talked with one of the poker writers, uh, Alia Jadavji, uh, who is uh, covering the event. She covered the event for, I believe, for Poker News, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, didn't get too much into her exact job when she was there, but she travels around and, and writes stories and updates the blogs and that sort of thing, and was selected as the recipient of a platinum pass back in January. For the tournament in the Bahamas, $30,000 package, $25,000 buy-in, and $5,000 in travel. And they had five of the poker media members, myself not included, but uh, that were uh, eligible for people to kind of uh, vote. And they were going to make a decision on who was going to get it. And she ended up winning it. So she played in the tournament. And uh, so has a very interesting story. She's also gone through... Uh, cancer treatments over the past year. Uh, very nice girl. Lives in Calgary in Canada and uh, travels around the world. Told me uh, some stories about how she wanted to play at Barcelona this year and she'll be covering the World Series of Poker. But anyway, we'll get to all that in our second segment. But let's br- bring Joe on. And uh, I wanted to talk about a hand that I played last night. And uh, we'll get into that. Uh, that's right. We're starting off the show, Joe, with a bad beat story. But what? Well, Listen, you, you you teased me with it earlier in the day, so you've actually got me very peaked here. My interest very peaked as to what what's involved with this hand for our well, listeners. He's telling me I got a great hand to tell you about. Yeah, so I'm well, very curious. Well, we talk about hands, and I usually forget a lot of the details, uh, the important details. But uh, hopefully, I got this one down <laughs> tonight. Anyway, um, you know, it's just not just a bad beat story. Because I think I learned a valuable lesson, and I wanted to pass it along so that people could learn something from it. Uh, I'm typically an online player for the most part, and rarely play out at the casinos. But I do get a chance occasionally now and then to play in a tournament. And I headed uh, last night was uh, I got off work around six o'clock, and I knew there was a free roll tournament over at the uh, Mardi Gras Casino. Uh, good friend Dave Litvin runs the room over there, and I had been meaning to play in this Sunday tournament since they instituted it a couple of weeks ago. And it is a free roll, but you know, as Joe knows, free rolls are a great way to uh, kind of raise some money for the for the uh, casino room. It gets people in there, and most people spend fifty to a couple hundred dollars. Uh, either rebuying or uh, adding on <laughs> chips and that sort of thing. So uh, there are people that take the 500 chips 
for free, sit down, and then just go all in the first couple of hands and try to make something out of it. Maybe uh, if it doesn't work out, they take off. But uh, we always wondered, Joe, before I get into the hand itself, uh, what do you? Th- you guys did a lot of free rolls back in the day, and do you think it was a good thing or not? Yes, and when I was doing it, I mean, the prize pool was $500, okay? Some of these places are guaranteeing any, sometimes up to as much as $5,000. Which is what this one was, by the way. Okay, there you go, without knowing that. So um, when I did that, I mean, it had the desired effect for my room. And, yes, we did rebuys and add-ons, and actually it became a very profitable uh Free rolls became extremely popular and profitable, I should say, for my poker room back then, uh, as they are for most rooms. Uh, Mardi Gras, you know as well as I do, you're, you're still employed at Dania. I was working there years ago before my stroke. Um, you know, they started doing the same thing. And you do run a risk, Dave, of when you give the guarantee if you don't get enough people. But it seems like most of these rooms... Not only do they, you know, meet their guarantee, sometimes they exceed it by a certain amount, but um, they're fun. They are fun, but as I tell people, free rolls are anything but free for most people. Right. And in all the years that I've been around, uh, at Dania, I saw one person who did not do any buy-ins, did not rebuy, did not add on and was able to make it to the final table, and I believe got knocked out either fourth or fifth, if, if my memory is correct, and had a decent pay payday. That's the only person that I know that has ever made any money <laughs> just taking the 500 right? That was what they give you for the for Oh, the you were able to cash that out immediately? That, well, yeah, that part, well, no, it wasn't immediately because the tournament, it was at Dania, I remember this guy. And he never he turned the five hundred into a top he, five. Exactly, he turned the five hundred because what they were doing is, um, they you know they were paying the final table, and it's very top heavy. And when I mean very young, most tournaments, Dave, as you know, are extremely top heavy in their payouts. Usually, you got to make not just the final table, but you got to make it into the top three or four to get any kind of like you know impactful payout. And in the free roll, they do five thousand. You know, the, some of these places did they guarantee what two, three thousand for first? Uh, where you were I at think, I think yesterday? I think two thousand. Okay, so that leaves three thousand. You split that up amongst the nine people that are there. You're looking at what? I don't know how they do it over there, but Mardi Gras would. I mean, excuse me, Daniel would split it out evenly. So in this particular case, it would come out to just over. I mean, three thousand with nine people. You're looking at a little over three hundred dollars from tenth through second place. Okay, well let's dis- let's dispense with all the details because I want to get to this hand. Okay, uh, go ahead. It, it, this was supposed to be a shootout. Now I got to call my friend Dave Litvin and find out if it still was a shootout because uh, for some reason this story is affected by the fact that a player joined our table uh, after the first break, and I'm not sure he had. Well, this is uh, let, let me get to the story because this guy sat down next to me, and, uh, and not to get too much into what he looked like or my judgments about him, but it, it was a overweight uh, black guy with uh, dreadlocks uh, pointing up from his head, and uh, you know, not not that any of that matters except for the fact that I probably totally misunderestimated the guy. Uh, I didn't really notice. And this is where the lesson of the story comes in. I didn't really notice how many chips he had because he just came to the table, and I figured, you know, he didn't have a lot of chips, but I think he had a lot of $5,000 chips, 5,000 value chips. Units, right, 5,000 unit chips. So this is after the first break. I'm like the chip leader at the table at the break because I had like close to – we started with 8,000. I started with 8,000 chips. I had one buy, I have $50 chip up at the beginning. So I had the 500 plus 8,000 to start with, and I had close to 50,000 chips, and I was everything was going great. I was having a blast, and we went to the break, and uh, you know I had a beer. Not that that affected me or anything, but uh, we came back to play again. And like the third hand, when we came back, uh, I had won a couple of hands right after we came back, and so I'm 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 cruising right along. And this is where the lesson right. comes in. Um, 
the hand. Uh, I, I probably will find now, some way Dave. To screw let this me up. ask you something before you continue. Okay. Was this a shootout tournament? Well, I, you because, know, I got to find out because I, why would that guy come in to our table with uh, uh, more well, chips than me? That's ex- there is no reason he's coming to your table because a shootout means you play down to one winner right, right. on each table, and once everything is done, they all come right. Well, in the beginning, the they 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 bring in the in the uh, alternates. They had at least thirty five alternates. They've had a hundred people in the game, ten tables, hundred people to start, thirty five alternates. Uh, but I think the alternates were all in way by then. By that point, we're two hours into play. So I got to find out why he came to my table because that's starting to bother me now. Anyway, uh, the hand came out. The blinds are 300, 600. And as I mentioned, I have probably right around 50,000 chips. Wow, you're, you've got a big, I'm big, doing, big, I'm big doing great. Pack. I'm doing great. So this is where the disappointment uh, makes it really painful. Anyway, the hand uh, took a couple hands, and, and we had a few hands at the table where there was some controversy and stuff like that. The guys uh, making – there was a couple people that played really horribly, and I knocked one guy out when I had king six of diamonds. He had ace seven or something, and uh, I went runner, runner diamonds to knock him out. So he was he was pounding the table and stuff like that. So anyway, it was we were having fun outside of that. So the hand gets started, the 300, 600, and I get pocket aces. And okay. I, I am to this fella's left. Left. He's on my right. Okay. And I never. The the point is, I never really noticed how many chips he had. I just thought everybody else was like. Way below me, there was one guy who had about fifteen thousand. There was other people around ten, and and I didn't really notice for some reason. I didn't make a mental note of it. So I got pocket aces. Uh, he he limped in for six hundred, and I raised some fairly small, maybe twenty five hundred or three thousand. And okay. went around the table. It was just him and me. Everyone else folded. Uh, he called. The three thousand. Well, so, let me tell you, three thousand into a six hundred blind is a very strong raise, Dave. Right. That's five times the big blind, so that's a very strong raise. Okay, but I had fifty thousand chips, so I thought it was kind of a small. Right, right, I was right, trying to, right. I, w- I didn't want to blow them off the table. I didn't want to blow them out right. of my hand. I wouldn't want to either. Okay, so he calls, uh, and the flop is king queen three two diamonds. I think the king and the three were diamonds. And okay. uh, I bet, let's see, what did I bet? I bet. Did you have, let me ask you a question. Did you have the ace of diamonds in your two aces? I did not. It was a, okay. hard, it was a hard in a spade, I think. Anyway, so uh, so I bet, uh, you know, about 3000 again. He raised to 7000 and I don't know why I'm not looking to see how much he has left behind, but I did not. So he bet seven thousand. I of course shove all in. We, we table we table the cards, and he has king queen. I was just about to say he 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 either has ace queen of diamonds, figuring he's got the second pair, or he ha- or he hit the top two. Well, that's what I, I thought he had. I thought either he might have had a king or a queen, but not both. That was my, pre- my oh, personal. Well, yeah, that's as which soon is as bad. He, he checked. You said he checked. You bet he raised seven thousand. Yeah, and I shove all yeah, in. Right. He calls. Yeah, there. Right. So I'm thinking. Well, okay. You know, I'm going to take. I might take a hit on this if a couple diamonds come out on the board, or he has two diamonds maybe and gets one more. I'm thinking. Well, I might lose the hand. So. Uh, but anyway, I'm all in. Uh, there was a nine of hearts and uh, six of spade clubs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it came blank. It, it came, came blank. blank, blank. Okay, came blank. So the dealer is counting out the chips, and he goes, he's got you covered. And my jaw just, like, hit the table. I had no freaking idea that, that he had that kind of chip stack. Because he didn't have that huge number of chips. He just must have had a bunch of big ones. Okay. And let me ask you something. First of all, there's, you are supposed to be able to see your opponent's biggest chips on top. Well, he wasn't hiding them. And the funny thing was, is at Mardi Gras, 
the 5,000 chips are gray, and the, of course the hundreds are black. And I had won a couple big hands earlier, and someone pointed out to me that I had some 5,000 chips in my hundred stack because I didn't even know they were they were they were different. I mean, I I, okay. I have no clue sometimes. You, you, it's a, this is obvious. This is really all my <laughs> fault. But I so then I had uh, I had about six or seven five thousand chips I think at that point, and I had the separate stack in front, and then you know I had it all straightened out. So it's not like I didn't know what it was, but they're very close in color, and that kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah. There, I've been in a lot of tournaments and a lot of poker rooms where that does occur. Uh, you know, where certain chips do look a lot alike. Same thing happened in Dania. I'm trying to remember the denominations, but I don't know why poker rooms do that because they try to do differently. But what's your question, Dave? Well, you my obvious, the obvious if mistake you had I made. made all these chips, you'd have played right. it differently. Would, would, based I, on would I have chip? played it differently? And probably not, right? You know. Uh, no, I don't. I mean, think I mean if I knew I was, if I knew he had more chips than I did, uh, I probably instead of shoving, I probably might have bet like twenty thousand or something big, but not would, not my entire. It stack. wouldn't have mattered at that point, Dave, because eventually you yeah. guys would have well, gotten he, it yeah. all in. Well, he would have gone all in, and okay. then I would have called, had to have called, and I would have called with pocket pieces, right? Right. Once once he raised you to seven after he checked and you bet, you go to twenty thousand, okay? One of two things is going to happen. He's going to go all in right after that, or he's going to call you because he's going to say, wow, I can't believe this guy has a set of kings or a set of queens because he's not going to put you on a set of threes, okay? Right. And you're going to continue, and since he doesn't raise you, you're going to continue to bet it until you get it all in, and he's not going to release his hand. Right. So either way, whether you raised all in or not, I honestly believe because of the scenario of the hand and the way you, you thought about that hand, all those chips were going in the center regardless. Right, whether he, right. Now, now the only thing that would have been different is if you had seen he had, you know, that he had, that he could cover you or come close to taking you out of the tournament. In this particular case, he took you out of the tournament. My thought process would have been because when you told me he raised 7,000, Immediately, my thought process was he's got one of two hands, king-queen, which is the hand he wound up having, or he had the ace-queen of diamonds, because I asked you if you had the ace of diamonds, right, and you right, didn't. Right, right. And he figured he put you to the test, worst-case scenario. Well, he's for, got seven, two chances to hit for only 7,000, I, I, I'm not putting him on that tight of a range, I don't think. Well, you got to remember, the blinds were only $600. Yeah. You had 80-something big blinds. Okay, and, the, and 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 this is not to say anything about the way you play because I have made the exact same mistake. It's it's more of a, and I'm going to be honest with you, it's more of a novice mistake, right? Because you, you you've overvalued your pocket aces. You bet them strong because believe it or not, even though you said you only raised to twenty five hundred three thousand, you know, anytime you raise more than three or four times the the blind, when you're the first raiser. You, you're usually indicating that you have a very strong hand, right. okay? Now, by him calling you, okay, my guess, that's why, that's why my first guess was to put him on a king-queen suited, maybe, you know, and I don't know if both of his cards were suited or not. It's a good enough hand where he could try to go up against you, okay? And, or he could have folded that hand. Once he called you, and that flop came with a king, queen, and a three, and you said two of them were diamonds, and you didn't have the ace of diamonds. That was an extremely dangerous flop for pocket aces. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you I could have been now. leading. You could have been leading, but he he would have had a hell of a draw against you, especially with him raising you. Said the seven thousand dollar raise is what is what makes it big to me. Is that he saw that you raised pre-flop, he called. And now he checked, and you bet, and he raised you to seven thousand units. Right there, that would have been that would have been a, a red flag for me. I think the best, you know, that I would have done was just call that seven thousand. I'll call whatever it was that you needed to complete the the, the raise to seven thousand. Yeah, and, and maybe even fold after the after the turn if I don't improve. 
Well, bottom line is I'm stumbling out of there and uh, trying to r- rationalize the fact that, well, I don't have to stick around for another three hours to win uh, 250 bucks. And, you know. <laughs> so basically I go home, watch the Oscars. I, w- I didn't go home and watch the Oscars in the first place because I saw only one movie in 2018, and you know what that one is. No. Molly, oh, Molly's Game? Yeah, that was the only movie I saw in 2018. So I okay, know I hadn't right. seen Molly any of the game. movies that were up for, for Oscars. So anyway, went home. Uh feel like I really learned something, though, and that is as an online player, you know, they do everything for you. I'm always the guy that, that the dealer has to ask to uh, put in the ante or uh, not playing when it's my turn, you know. I do all those stupid things, so I'm probably the guy that people no one wants to play with anyway. But uh, the bottom line is you need to be aware of everybody at your table and what they have. And, and that's just like a, like, a, like a simple understanding of knowing the game. But as an online player, I just did not notice. I was so shocked when the guy said, he's got you covered. And I went, what? Exactly. And you know why? Because online players, as soon as a player is added to your table you see how many they, – they put the dollar amount that they have in chips in front of them. Yeah. So you don't have to you, – you don't have to look at it. They're already telling you, you know, this person's sitting with, you know, X amount of dollars in front of them. Now i got to call the guy and find out why that guy joined our table after the first break because he should he, – if it was – it must not have been a shootout. I must have that screwed up as well. Well, <laughs> let me tell you. My guess was that it's hard for me to imagine a free roll with the house guaranteeing five thousand dollars that it's a free, that it's a shootout because in shootouts. Well, they did the first you know, week. Brandon, they they did can, it as a shootout, so maybe that didn't work out, or people didn't like it, and he changed it. Maybe it's possible. Well, yeah, because I'm going to say you know because as soon as people run out of money on their table, you know you're either going to have some tables that are going to end so soon and so quickly. And then others, and now when you said that they had alternates, that's another scenario. Yeah. People being eliminated and then being added to the table. So yeah. it's very hard for me to imagine that being a shootout. Okay, well, I probably but got that screwed you, up. So uh, let's, you, let's... You gave, let me tell you, though, you gave great advice there for our listeners who are new to the game, is always be aware of, if in a tournament, always be aware of what your opponent's stack size is. And if someone comes to your table and has a lot of chips, and you're the one, like in your case, you were the chip leader, always try to find out if they've got you covered. And the other thing, the, the other thing is, don't assume, don't assume that you know how the guy plays just by looking at him. Well, if you do that, <laughs> you, you, you've already started to lose. Yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. You've already started to lose. You might as well hand your chips over to somebody because. You can never, as the saying goes, you can't judge a book by its cover. Well, you can't judge poker players by their appearance. Okay, and, well, listen, uh, well, listen uh, we've, we've, we've wasted enough time on uh, in, uh, my uh, idiot play, so uh, no, let me, well, let, me listen, let you go. I got out there, me want it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Listen, you'll be back next week, hopefully, here in the studio. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, what's coming up for you. Should be some fun. And I'm working on another couple of guests that I had told you about. So uh, I'll let you know. I'll let you go now, and uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and take our give first me one break. Sec- give me one second, Big Dave, okay. just so I could tell people. We are anticipating opening the Casino Miami Poker Room this Friday. That is the anticipated oh, opening day, which is March 1st. So, But I would tell people to please call Casino Miami. Uh, the phone number there is 305-633-6400. And just ask to ask the operator if the poker room is open. But um, worst case, hopefully next next Monday, uh, in house, you know, we can discuss this. But we are looking to, you know, uh, have the same amount of fun and enjoyment that we had for many, many, many years there. So for those listeners who are from South Florida or coming down to visit us, please try to look up Casino Miami if you're flying into Miami. We're right near the airport. We're literally five minutes from the airport. Absolutely. Let me let you go. Uh, I will talk to you next week, and I will promote this later in the show as well. You got it, Big Dave. Don't worry. You'll take them down next time with that big stack. Yeah, I might go back next Sunday. There you go. (laughs) Gio, you have a good night too, sir. Okay. We'll talk to you later, Joe. 
Uh, Joe Rodriguez, my uh, regular partner here on the show, uh, out of the studio tonight, but he'll be back in next week, and we'll uh, move on. Anyway, uh, we spent a little more time than I wanted to on that, but I do have uh, interviews with Jason Young and, and Ali Jadavji. Uh, when we come back, we'll take this break here on the show. We'll be right back after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. I don't believe it. My savings are gone. They're gone. You're kidding. Nope, they're gone. They're gone, gone. Okay, all right. Think about it. Where did you have them last? I remember I was home, then I took them, and then I spent them on that vacation to Aruba. Then I bought this miniature suit of armor I saw in the in-flight magazine. And that's the last you saw of your savings? Yes. This is so weird. I know, right? Weird? Uh, not really. Not saving now means no money later. You'd be surprised how quickly a little money from every paycheck can really add up. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. The armor is cool, though. Oops. I think I broke its gauntlet. You broke my favorite part. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt, race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon in studio. And uh, our thanks to Joe for taking his time. Uh, he's got a lot of meetings here as they get ready to open their room on March 1st down there in Miami. Uh, Casino Miami's uh, poker room getting ready to open, bring back... Uh, to its luster that it once had uh, when it was the crystal card room. So we'll see what happens down there. Uh, the U.S. Poker Open is complete, and uh, when later in the show we'll run down some of the results. David Peters was the casino champion and won the main event. Uh, also, I wanted to get to the results from this uh, tournament at the Coconut Creek Casino, but I want to start off this uh, segment by uh, hearing from Jason Young, who won the main event at the... Uh, Lucky Hearts Poker Open back in January at the Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood. Uh, had a nice chip lead coming into the final day of this one uh, up at Coconut Creek. He had There were 15 players left, and he had over 4 million chips. And uh, got a chance to talk to Jason a little bit. Here's what Jason had to say. Interesting story. I uh, hope you'll stick around for this. I'm with Jason Young who I guess is on some sort of a heater. Uh, obviously, in January, you won uh, over at the Seminole Hard Rock, the Lucky Hearts Poker Open main event. Was that me? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it's uh, to come right back here now and be the chip leader in the final 15 here at the uh, circuit event over here at the Coconut Creek. Uh, Got to be a great feeling. I, I can't even explain how I feel. It feels so good to just be in this spot. I mean, this is what everyone waits for people play their whole poker careers to just make one run in one of these tournaments and you know i i had it a while back and then i was away from the game for a while and here we are and it, it really honestly it feels better when it's happening than you could even imagine it how it would feel it feels better when it's actually happening i think uh you know we've seen it with a lot of people uh you know the, the people talk about heaters and everything but it seems to come in two and three sometimes is it a confidence factor or it's just you know exactly what you need to do. I'm going to be honest. I hope it comes in threes and fours and fives. <laughs> um, it's just a combination of everything. When a score comes, you can, you know, play a little bit more relaxed. And every every hand isn't as critical as maybe if, like, you know, you can't pay your rent that month. Um, and, you know, it, it just frees you to be able to play the game the way that, you know, you know you're supposed to always play. And, you know, it helps when your hands hold up and the... You know, that's a major, major thing. Things have been going 
as smooth as they've ever been that I can recall. Um, you know, getting big hands to hold, and then you know, on occasion when you have to get lucky, getting lucky. That's the the keys to success there. <laughs> For people who don't know your story, you actually. Um in 2008, won a World Series of Poker bracelet, and uh, there was a long period of time there when you, I guess, did some other things. Obviously, you were playing some, but um, you know, you, you, you grabbed the brass ring, and then it took like 10 years to get back into the, the winner's circle big time again for some of these huge events. Now, I know you got married, had a daughter, and uh, you know, you opened a restaurant and things like that. Tell me a little bit about that time in between and whether you ever thought you would be back here again uh never was the, the short answer to that never thought i'd be back here um i opened a restaurant in 2012 that was just it was it was very popular very busy and i was working like 120 hours every single week there every single day and then i had a, a daughter like a year or so after i opened the restaurant i mean i was just in complete zombie mode of you know just being a dad and owning a business and then you know in my personal life some things fell apart a little bit and then i uh ended up moving to florida from new york um i had a long drawn out uh custody situation that i ended up eventually winning after it was like two years that that went on so that was just draining the, every drop of life out of me while all that was going on and then uh you know sometimes things take time and um the best thing I did was just try to take things day by day and not think too far ahead and not think too far in the past and just try to get through each day and just deal with things as they come the best that you can. And fortunately, you know, life has smoothed out. And then, you know, when you have a clear head, it's just a lot easier to play when you have a clear head and all of a sudden, you know, let the magic happen and it starts to come together for you. Did you move to Florida because of poker? I moved to Florida because of my daughter. Okay. Poker happens to be, you know, <laughs> what a place to be. Yeah. There's four places Fantastic. within a half an hour of my house. Where I lived in New York, we had to drive like two and a half hours to get to Atlantic City. That was pretty much the closest place to go and, go and play anything. So this is great. I mean, yeah, I was grinding the local cash games for a while to help pay the bills and stuff. I really hadn't played any tournaments for like much of last year. And then this year, um, after talking to some friends and they showed some confidence in me, we said we were going to give some tournaments a shot here, and uh, thank God because it's been a it's been an unbelievable start to the year. Uh, just a couple more questions. Uh, nice chip lead heading into this final uh, event, the the tournament you won over at the Seminole Hard Rock back in January. How does that help you going into today? I mean, it's obviously a lot easier to play from in front than behind. Um, but that's one of the biggest things that I've done lately is I'm not coming into these with any kind of game plan or strategy. I'm just coming in with an open mind, a clear head, and I'm just playing, you know, situations and spots and hands as they come up. I mean, I've been in this situation a bunch of times, so it's, it's not really, there's not really going to be something that comes up that, like, I say, wow, what, what do I do here, you know? So it's just a matter of being able to play and play your best game and be smart and, uh, you know, don't put too many chips at risk when you're when you're in a good spot like this. I mean, it's real money that we're playing for. So, you know, just just being smart about my stack and using it wisely, and and then the cards need to cooperate and everything needs to work out. And if all of that comes together, you know, you just hope and pray for a peaceful ride to the end. You feel like you have a good feel of the other players uh, here at the final two tables. I mean, as good of a feel as you can get. You know, I, there's a couple of guys that are pretty tough. And, uh, you know, it's it, again, it's it's one of those things that I wish I could tell you that it was more uh, more to it than this. If I sit down and the cards come and my hands hold and everything works out, it'll be a smooth a smooth ride. Uh, you know, to the end. If if I if it doesn't happen like that, then you know, sometimes there's uh, there's nothing you can do. But yeah, I, I have a good feel for what's going on at the table right now. Well, everybody knows, especially you, uh, the Magic Carpet Ride doesn't always last forever. Uh, enjoy it while you're on it. I'm enjoying every last second of it. Okay. Thank you very much. Good luck today. Thanks a lot. I appreciate, appreciate it. Jason Young, very nice guy, and uh, lives down here now in South Florida and back on the scene in a big way in 2018. So uh, congratulations to him. Uh, this one didn't quite turn out the way it did in January. He ended up finishing in third place. Uh, ends up making nice money, 110000 after he made uh, over 100000 down there at the uh, Seminole Hard Rock. 
uh, in January. But uh, third place finish. Uh, I watched a lot of the final table. Jessica Dolly was also at that final table. And Jessica went out in eighth place. I told the story last week. She started as the smallest chip stack of the 15 players and moved all the way from 15th to 8th. So uh, earned herself an extra 14 grand. Uh, Chad Eveslage was also at that final table, finished in sixth. Fifth place was Warren Sheaves. Fourth, Hamid Azadi. And Jason finished third. Uh, second place was Socheka Foe. And uh, the winner was Zach Donovan. A great story about him as well. Uh, Zach from Franklin, Massachusetts, 31 years old, was the winner of uh, 243900 uh, to win the, the circuit ring as well, and also uh, picked up a lot of points for some of these Player of the Year contests. Uh, he was actually down here in S- South Florida because his grandfather was very very sick, and he was visiting his grandfather, and knowing that uh, if his grandfather got better, he could maybe still play in the tournament here in South Florida. But unfortunately, his uh, grandfather died the day before the tournament started, so... Um, the, it was very sad for the family, and he was uh, just going to hang with the family and uh, as they were mourning. But they talked him into playing the event. They said his uh, grandfather would have wanted him to play, that he was a huge supporter of his poker career. So uh, he was just happy that he got a chance to say goodbye to his grandfather in the last few days, went into the tournament, and was in second ship position right behind Jason with 15 players to go. And ends up winning the tournament for 243000 Uh He knocked out, just by the way, he knocked out Jason when he had ace-queen offsuit and Jason had ace-ten offsuit. So uh, the ace-queen held up and he uh, knocked out Jason in third. Uh, he had a three-to-one chip lead at that point against uh, Socheka Foe. Uh, Foe actually took the chip lead at one point, uh, fought his way back, and... Uh, Donovan ended up with a straight at the end uh, to take a big pot and take the advantage back. And the last uh, seven big blinds that Foe had, he had uh, he got it all in with Ace-King offsuit. And Donovan called with the Jack-7 of hearts, and the board ran out Jack-8, 5, 7, Jack for the full house and the win. So uh, congratulations to him winning. Uh, also, thanks for our time with uh, Jason Young. I uh, also got a chance to talk with uh, Aliyah Jadavji, uh, the poker writer. I mentioned her earlier in the show and uh, was awarded the Platinum Pass uh, over, uh, well, I guess by, by the people in the Bahamas. Uh, they chose her among the five finalists from the poker media and got a chance to play. She's an avid player. And I know it was Lance Bradley was in that group, and uh, Joey Ingram, and some of the well-known uh, poker media people. Uh, she got the pass and uh, didn't cash in the event, but uh, she talks about her experience. Uh, got a chance to speak with her and talk her a little bit about her career in the media and what that whole experience in the Bahamas was like. I'm with Alia Jadavji. Pretty good. Pretty close. Yeah, pretty good. Close <laughs> enough. Okay. Here at the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open, you're obviously working uh, the media here. And uh, I followed you on Twitter for a while, and, and I think you have such a great story. Uh, seeing you go to the uh, Bahamas in January was yeah. just really cool. Tell me first about yeah. that. What was that like for you? It was crazy, actually, because, you know, as you said, I'm here working, and I'm usually on the other side of the felt. Uh, doing live reporting and which I absolutely love and so just being on the opposite side sitting with people who I've you know watched play for the last three years you know Rainer Kempi on my left uh, Davidi Kitai French pro um, my whole table was full of pros it was uh, it was insane and then I got moved to the secondary feature table with Maria Ho uh, Sean D Natasha Mercier and that was a blast because I've never really played on a like you know a live stream game or anything so it was kind of cool just the dynamic of it um it was secondary feature so it was nothing like major or anything like that but just the experience was it was wild i got to play some of the best poker i've probably ever played you know got a bit of coaching and uh just see the game differently but yeah just the ex- i think the vibe and the experience was the big takeaway for me just because you know i'm coming off of the last six months uh that have been just probably the worst of my life arguably and then coming into something and starting the year fresh and just starting off on such a positive note with you know getting the platinum pass awarded to me and 
yeah, it was just a really nice kickoff to what was, you know, a bad back half of 2018. So. Just having your name mentioned among the people who were up for the Platinum Pass from yeah. the media is, is an honor. But to win that, uh, you had to just be overjoyed. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, the final five um, was just full of, you know, as I said to a lot of people, just goats, you know, just greatest of all time, media personalities. I saw my name on the list and just being on that list and just being nominated for me was was it you know just I was like oh it's cool I'm on this list with five really cool people um, I'm honored um, and I thought I had like less than a five percent chance of winning honestly like I just was like ah you know like I'm happy to be on this list I'm not gonna be like the Oscars yeah there you go <laughs> I was like I'll be sad if I don't yeah. win it but um you know, not sad enough that it's like, oh, end of the world. I was just happy to be on that list. And yeah. How much have you written about it since, uh, since you went? Uh, I mean, obviously there's a ton of stories to come out of there. Have you yeah. actually written professionally about that? I haven't really. I was actually going to, you know, write a big blog post about my experience. Um, I ended up doing a couple of podcasts uh, with Poker News and then uh, with Chip Race. And so I went on that podcast and I kind of chatted a bunch about it. So I thought, um, I thought that was good enough at the, at the time. I still feel like um, I have probably have more to say and more to contribute, but I'm kind of just getting back, you know, into the swing of what life was before, you know, I found out about, you know, the cancer and, um, you know, surgery. And it's still like, you know, being on my feet um, all day, doing live reporting. Um, I was used to, yeah, it's not easy. I was used to it for a while. And then I was out of commission for several months. Like the last event I worked was Tahoe in October. So um, it's been uh, a little bit trying, you know, trying to get back into it and just get back into like physically being able to, you know, do everything I used to be able to do. So I kind of have a plan of what I want to do the rest of the year. I'm calling it my YOLO year where I'm just going to do everything that I love. I'm in Florida just to kick things off, going to Vegas tomorrow, going to LA in March. And then I have a bunch of more travel plans for the rest of the year. So I'm really just trying to enjoy and take it day by day and, uh, and then hopefully eventually get some writing in and uh, get to round off the year and talk about it some more. People that follow you know you are an avid player, so that was, uh, you know, obviously a bucket list thing, yes. playing that thing. Yeah. Uh, having Maria Ho at your table, is she kind of like a hero of yours? Honestly, uh, you know, I've followed her for a while, and as is most, as have most people, but sitting on the table with her, and I talked about this in some of the podcasts, it was a defining moment having her on my table um, because, uh, you know, we're playing on day one. She busts. She gets eliminated. She was short when I got to the table, and then she packed up her stuff, and she literally just came up to me and said... Uh, you're playing really well. Your presence at the table is amazing. Good luck. And like, so that was really defining for me because it's like, here's somebody who just busted. She plays a lot of poker, but 25K is a big buy-in for anyone, right? So she just busted a $25,000 tournament and she's coming over to me and telling me to like, you know, good luck and keep going and, you know, giving me, you know, some words of encouragement when she could easily just be, you know, like argue, you know, easily um, upset about busting a 25K. So for me, that was really cool. It was, just, it was a small thing, but it was a big thing, you know, like, um, so to have somebody like that um, just around in poker is, I think we're really lucky. How deep did you run? And uh, when you did get eliminated, was it was something that uh, you said, uh, I'm never going to forget that? <laughs> yeah, so I made day two. I bagged like 30 big lines and uh, made day two. My first table of the day, which broke really quickly, was um, very uneventful. I was with a bunch of people I didn't really know, which was a good thing in my opinion, but I couldn't get anything going. So I get moved to a table with Jack Salter and um, Sam Grafton, who are just two amazing pros. They were Their presence at the table was amazing. So when I eventually busted with Jacks into Ace King on day two, like a few hours in, um, it was painful for about two minutes. I had the time of my life. I think I, I feel like I made the most of the whole experience. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't go outside because of the radiation treatments. So I couldn't be in the sun. I couldn't go in the water because of surgery. But I made the most, I feel like, of the whole package and the experience. And it really was uplifting for the start of my year. So... I'm sure you'll work the World Series of Poker, do stuff out there. Will you play out there now? Has it driven you yeah. to really try to uh, play a lot more? I think so. I am actually going to play some events in the next few days at the Rio, um, some ring events, uh, a couple of events at the Win. So I'm kind of just starting off with some side events uh, just to get 
my feet in the water a bit more with tournaments because I've been playing cash games for a long time. Um, but with the, I feel like the coaching that I got was really valuable and I really want to play more. Um, I have some goals where I want to end up at EPT Barcelona at the end of the summer and play the main as my first like big event. Um, in terms of the World Series, I was planning on playing it, but I got a couple of really good offers to work um, on the writing side of things this summer. So I'm um, kind of finalizing that in the next couple of weeks, but I do plan on working this summer um, in some capacity at the World Series. And then I'm going to take a trip to Europe after the series is over. And that's when I'm going to get a lot of play in. And uh, hopefully EPT Barcelona is my first big event. So. Very good, very good. Uh, yeah. What are your plans uh, long-term? What are your dreams? Uh, you know, I know life yeah. is day-to-day for yeah, all, everybody. for sure. Uh, maybe you more than most because you never know when uh, mm-hmm. there's going to be uh, bad times. Yeah. But uh, would you like to play just professionally on a regular basis? Forget the media stuff? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I've never thought of it. It's never been something that I wanted to do. Um, I honestly really appreciate the job that I'm in because I get to travel to places I've never been, to places that I love. I get to pick and choose at this point where I go. Um, And I go usually a few days early or stay a few days late to play cash games or just hang out with friends that I have across the world. So for me, I feel like right now in this moment, um, I'm happy with what I'm doing and I, you know, I play enough that um, I can get my fill kind of thing. Um, I don't really have any plans to play professionally. It's just something that um, I've seen friends go through the stresses of playing professionally and it just seems like um, I would rather, you know, take the route of, all right, I get to go to these stops, I work, I make the money mm-hmm. um, and I still get to play. So I think I, I like the best of both yeah. worlds kind of thing and I'm going to see how it goes. Exactly. Well, so best of luck at the felt. More importantly, best of uh, luck you. in your life. People are pulling for you. I appreciate it. Now. Thanks so much. Thank you. Uh, that is El Sriracha. She goes as Twitter uh, and uh, her real name, uh, Alia Jadavji. And she's from Canada and uh, really, uh, you know, showing a tremendous amount of courage. A very inf- inspirational story. Nice person. And I uh, love talking with her over at the Coconut Creek Casino. Uh, last week. Uh, by the way, if you kind of wondered who the other nominees from the poker media, it's probably more interesting to me than it would be to you. But uh, uh, Lance, I mentioned Lance Bradley, also also Nick Jones, uh, Robbie Straczynski, who we've had on the show m- several times uh, from Israel, and works very hard. Very interesting guy who has a uh, site called Card Player Lifestyle. And uh, the last of the group was Kevin Mathers, who is the Twitter guru for the World Series of Poker. If you need to find out something, you just tweet Kevin. A, send Kevin a tweet, and uh, he will give you the answer. And he within minutes. Uh, Kev Math is the way people uh, know him. At Kev Math is his site, and he's been on the show with me before here as well. Uh, anyway, uh, Zach Donovan, the winner of uh, the World Series of Poker uh, Circuit Ring up at the uh, Seminole Coconut Creek. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, just about a week ago. And uh, that has moved on. They have moved on now to the Rio, and they are playing a series there. We'll get you some updates on that uh, possibly later in the show. Also, I want to uh, take this break, but I I will come back and run down some of the winners from the U.S. Poker Open, which was available on PokerGo. Uh, Ten events and uh, a lot of great stuff over there uh, with David Peters winning the uh, casino title. Uh, We'll be back to uh, finish out the show when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line here from South Florida. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes 
And if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. Final segment of the program, Big Dave Lemon tonight. Uh, appreciate uh, our guests over there at the Coconut Creek Casino and uh, look forward to the next big one in the Hard Rock, which of course is the uh, April return of the WPT Summer Showdown. That will get underway on April the 4th, and we'll be covering that for you as well. Uh, the the uh, Escalator Tournament is going on right now, by the way, at the uh, Hard Rock. Uh, they finished the first event of that, and uh, we'll be following that. That was a $150 buy-in event, but they increase as they move along, and the guarantees increase, and that will be over the next three weekends. So check out Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open if you want to... Uh, uh, find out more about the Escalator Tournament, which has been a big success. This is the third year for that. Uh, by the way, this is the second year of the U.S. Poker Open. A lot of big names over there. Not a tremendous, uh, huge turnout because the buy-ins are high. Uh, the first four tournaments were all $10,000 buy-ins. Uh, and one uh, by uh, David Peters, the one the or I'm sorry, not David Peters winning the first event, was won by Stephen Chidwick. He won two events during the series. Jordan Christos picked up a win in PLO. Uh, Lauren Roberts became the first woman to win one of these events. She defeated 90 other entries in a $10,000 buy-in tournament. Sean Winter had a great event. Uh, He had five caches during the tournament. Uh, He won the short deck, the $10,000 short deck event. And uh, then all the tournaments went up to bumped up to twenty five thousand. Uh, Ali Imzerovich uh, won event five, which was Hold'em. Then PLO Stephen Chidwick was the winner. Uh, event seven won by Bryn Kenny, and the eight game mix went to Nick Schulman. Uh, then a fifty thousand dollar event was event number nine won by Karai Aldemir from Germany, and the main event was a hundred thousand dollar buy in. 33 players turned out for that one, and it was won by David Peters, which gave him the uh, top honors for the tournament. So a great event. I hope you caught some of that on Poker Go. And uh, that will apparently be one of the top events of the early part of the year uh, heading into next year. Also wanted to mention that uh, World Series of Poker, uh, we talked about 80 uh, bracelet events, live bracelet events. Uh, on the schedule this year, and uh, of course, as we move closer to the tournament, we'll talk all about that. Uh, this week, they announced the online events, and they had three last year. Uh, this year, they're going to have nine, which is, uh, you know, we talked about how things get so big, and they grow, and they grow, and, and it gets bigger and bigger, and then all of a sudden, you get to a saturation point. So, I'm hoping that is not the case, but uh, they will have nine events this year. Of course, you have to be inside uh, the borders of one of the eligible states. Uh, I'm not sure if Pennsylvania will be online by then. I'm hoping it will. But also uh, Nevada, uh, Delaware, and New Jersey to play in on WSOP.com. And there there is a pot limit, I guess a couple pot limit Omaha tournaments uh, online. Actually, just one. And you have to be, uh, you cannot play on a mobile version of the software. You have to be on a uh, desktop. Uh, so that will all come up, uh, spread out throughout the uh, series. The first one is uh, June 2nd, 15,000 uh, stack, uh, chip stack, to start out with a $400 buy-in. And that will uh, start at 3.30. Actually, all the tournaments start at 3.30 in the afternoon, Pacific time, uh, 6.30 Eastern time. And uh, $400 No Limit Hold'em Tournament on the 2nd. Then uh, they go from kind of like just on uh, the weekends uh, for the first three. uh, June 9th 
is a six-handed pot limit Omaha, $600 buy-in, and then a knockout bounty tournament for 600 And later on, the prices go up a little bit. Uh, there's a double-stack tournament on the 23rd for 1000 uh, the high roller of the online events will be $3,200 buy-in, and that is on July the 3rd. So uh, there will even be a couple events during the main event. So uh, I'm wondering if main event people will actually be playing at their table, which they could do if they want to. So that's all coming up this summer. 80 live bracelet events at the World Series of Poker, and we'll get into some of the discussion about the new events and all the different things that are going on out there at the Rio this summer, and nine online events on WSOP.com. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. And, uh, of course, as we move into uh, March, we'll be looking at some of the World Poker Tour's delayed final tables. I think there's five or six of them. Uh, we'll give you all the details next week on what's coming up out there. But uh, the the... Gardens Tournament from uh, Los Angeles will finish up out there, and the Borgata. And I think between now and then, there's also a couple events that will play down to the final table and then be played out there. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. And uh, we'll have some fun uh, this summer. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going out to Vegas this summer. We'll see. Uh, I'm thinking about, I have some free time in July, so I'm thinking about going out for the main event this year. So I'm kind of looking into that. We'll see how it works out. And uh, We'll have some fun. Uh, one other thing I want to mention is the uh, there's always so much interest in rounders. Uh, we've talked about it on the show here, and there was all kinds of talk and people hoping for a sequel, and it looks like that's never going to happen. Um, the two writers, Brian Koppelman and David Levine, have uh, they hope to do it, they said, but basically there's just not a huge DVD market anymore. Uh, so that would be impossible. They would have to focus, they said, if they did write it, it would to be on online poker. But the uh, show is so popular. Uh, Koppelman was on a Twitter Q&A one time and wrote, uh, he goes, I will answer questions on any subject, but if you ask me about a sequel to Rounders, I will make up some BS. So he's tired of talking about it. But uh, those two guys have been great writers over the years. And... Uh, Wrote movies like uh, The Illusionist, uh, Solitary Man, Runaway Jury. Um, also worked on uh, Ocean's 13. And uh, they had an unfortunate uh, poker-related movie called Runner Runner that Justin Timberlake was in that was not a big success. But those guys have said now that it looks like it's pretty much over. But the news that just came out about Rounders was... Uh, uh, Koppelman posted the original script for the movie online. So if you want to see that, you can see some differences. Uh, one of the main differences is the fact that uh, they used Johnny Chan in the movie, and originally they had planned to use Phil Hellmuth. Uh, so there was uh, some stuff in there about uh, Phil's lines and uh, talk about that. So if you're interested, they said that the, the script actually that's posted is pretty similar to what the final product of the movie was. Um, the name of the character was originally Matt McDermott, not Mike McDermott. But the fact that uh, Matt Damon was playing him sounded like uh, that it was going to run into some problems with that, so they actually changed the name to Mike. Uh, if you're interested in looking at that, you can go to BrianKoppelman.com, K-O-P-P-E-L-M-A-N, BrianKoppelman.com, and uh, check that out. I'm sure some people might be interested in that. So, that's going to about do it for the show for us. Uh, I uh, am hoping to uh, uh, get back and play at the uh, the Big Easy Casino, which is, of course, the new name for that casino that used to be called Mardi Gras. Uh, it was, the poker room was always called the Big Easy Casino, Big Easy Poker Room. So, uh, not too much confusing there, but it was a fun tournament, and I would like to play in it again. Uh, also, Joe Rodriguez, uh, my partner on the show, is going to be a floor manager at uh, Casino Miami, and when they open their poker room, right now the plan is to open on March the 1st, so they are getting ready, getting their tables in, and uh, making some new plans there. Joe is not going to be running the room, uh, a fellow named Jose Rodriguez, a good friend of his, is actually going to be the uh, the poker director, but Joe is uh, working as a uh, floor supervisor and uh, shift manager, so that all's going to start uh, later this week, hopefully. So I'll have to drive down to Miami and 
check that out as well. So that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, we'll keep an eye on a lot of stuff that's going on. We'll talk more about the World Series. We'll talk about what's coming to the Hard Rock, which is uh, the summer showdown. Uh, also, right now you can check out over the weekend, you can check out the Escalator Tournament. Uh, this week is a $250 buy-in. It starts, uh, I believe it starts on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, check that out on the weekend over there and uh, have some fun. Anyway, wherever you play, good luck to you on the felt. Make sure you check out all the chip stacks of all the players at your table so you know what you're doing. Uh, it can lead to serious disaster if you don't. That's going to do it for Joe. Gio, thank you so much. We thank Joe and our uh, interview subjects, Jason Young and Alia Jadavji, for being with us tonight on the program. We'll catch you next week, next week on another edition of Poker Action Live. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.